This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Yep, that's me. Welcome to the program. Happy 2023. I hope the holidays were good for you and the New Year's off to a good start. Beautiful weather today. Time to get out. Take the Christmas lights down if you haven't already done that. Uh, Program today, when I saw the press release for this book, and then I went and looked at my guest website, Omnivore's Cookbook, I got real excited. I like, I like ethnic food. That would be a generality. I'm particularly fond of Chinese food. And Chinese Home Style is a book that when I got it and I looked at the pictures, I thought, oh, my God, this is so cool. Uh, and then at the bottom in small print, it says, Everyday Plant-Based Recipes for Takeout Dim Sum Noodles and More. And is it a vegetarian book? Nah, it's just, it's, look at it as a Chinese side dish book, or if you want to be more flexitarian, vegetarian, vegan, there's some great recipes. And then, complemented by some of the coolest fo- photographs of any book that has come out in the last 18 months. The gal that put it together is Maggie Zhu. She started her website, Omnivore's Cookbook, in 2013. Born and raised in Beijing, lives in Austin, Texas, and put together this book and a great website. Maggie Zhu, welcome to The Good Life. Hi. It's uh, so nice to be on the show. It's such a pleasure. Well, I can tell you, uh, you are going to be even more famous than you were. The book is spectacular. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. And we'll have to talk about who did the food styling and the photographs, but let's talk about you. Um, I think one of the most interesting things for me and my listeners is to hear the backstory about the author, the winemaker, whoever, and and where, where you get your food affinity, what led you to build your website. And and we'll talk about the website too, but later Uh, talk about you Mm -hmm. ready to go. So I have um, a slightly different, I'd say, a path uh, in terms of cooking, you know, my relationship with food, because I grew up in a traditional Chinese family, and I eat uh, every, like my grandma's cooking, uh, been cooking every day uh, since I grew up when I was a small child, and then my mom, uh, she pretty much, like, throughout my school, uh, my mom cooked everyday food uh, from breakfast to dinner. And uh, I'd say I had done very little cooking uh, when I was growing up because my mom just really wanted me to uh, focus on the study. She was like, you know, don't even, you know, worry about these things. Like, go to school, do your homework. Uh, You don't need to learn these things. Just just get good grades. So I didn't really cook until uh, I graduated uh, from college. And that's when I was going to Japan to study for my master's degree. And that is when I realized, I, oh, man, I actually need to start to learn cooking, and otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll starve. <laughs> so that is so actually after even after I, I go to Japan, my mom is like, still like, you know, you, you will be fine. So after I went to Japan, I really need to start cooking. So I was calling my mom for, you know, recipes and how to cook things. She will narrate kind of like general cooking process like what she does in the kitchen and it was very very confusing she would be like you know make this cabbage stir fry chop in 
just chop it, uh, heat the oil, and add you know right amount of soy sauce and cook it. I stir fry until it looks looks good, and I really never understand what does it mean by like right amount and down you know it's ready when it's ready. So I started actually uh, reading a lot of Japanese cooking blogs and Japanese magazines where they have uh, colorful recipes with all the pictures like preps and uh, like how to cut things, how you like every little step, like how you, when you start to add things, how it should look like, you know, at certain stage. And I found those instructions extremely helpful. And I actually started to learn how to cook Chinese food when I was in Japan. Um, and I got really into it and I really, really enjoyed the process. I, I remember first dish I cooked was a sweet and sour chicken. I just like, I really, really want some sweet and sour chicken and I have to learn how to do it. And I did it. And my friends, all my, like, I have some Chinese friends there and they were so, so impressed. Um, so after I went back to China, I started my blog because my, it just, that whole experience kind of ignited my uh, uh, passion for cooking. And I actually found it is really helpful to break things down to really small steps and how t to teach people, you know, this is how you cut things, uh, you know, how you do the prep and this is like how you do in terms of order of things. And I give like really detailed instructions and I, my readers really, really enjoyed that. And that's how I got started. Wow. It, it, you make it sound easy in a, in a very few words, but the reality of it is, I, I think it's interesting that growing up in a family where mom did the cooking and, and you did the enjoyment of eating and then yep. not getting captivated until you had to, when you went to Japan, I, I think. Right. Exactly. That's a, it's an interesting way to go about this. Um, let's talk a little bit about the website, uh, omnivores cookbook. Okay. So you put together this book and it's, uh, uh vegetables. We get that. Uh, and, yeah. and you, I, I'm telling you, you could have left that part off. And people would have thumbed through looking yeah. for meat, but they would have found other things that would tickle their fancy just as much. Uh, mm -hmm. But then, uh, you know, I've been following you a little bit, and uh, you had on Facebook the sweet and sour ribs. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm thinking about trying to recreate yeah. that tonight. That's a really good one, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good one. Um, you have – you laid out your – your webpage, your your blog, Omnivore's Cookbook, uh, mm -hmm. different than a lot. At the top, it's just packed full of resources, and it starts with just recipes, mm -hmm. recipe index. Then the part that I really like is if you're an avid Asian food enthusiast, under regional, you have everything, Cantonese, Northern, Shanghai, mm -hmm. Szechuan, yep. and... Uh, even if you just know those words from the fast food takeaway store, uh, at least you know what that is. And then you've got a great popular section with takeout and noodles and dim sum. I'm, I'm, you could probably mm -hmm. do this better than me, but it's just uh, so many great things. And then it's a section by courses, whether it's going to be a bakery issue, a main, a side, an appetizer. And do you know right now how many recipes you have at Omnivore's Cookbook? Think about like seven hundred. God, so there's another cookbook residing at Omnivore's Cookbook. It just hadn't been put together. 
Oh. Yeah, I ho- hopefully, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it, it was interesting that you actually at the beginning of the show you mentioned that you know for you know Chinese science that the the cookbook is really great for for you know flexitarian you know or anyone because I actually wrote the book with that in my mind um, because of my I, myself I'm not a vegetarian, um, but I. Um, I feel like I started to enjoy more vegetables and I have more friends just telling me that asking me like how to cook with vegetables because they want to just add more vegetables either into their their meals or they want to maybe do at least one meal as a vegetarian per week just for general health sake. Yeah. So that was like one of the reasons I put this book together. Well, and yeah. then right in the early section in the introduction you talked about your husband Thomas in 2018 mm-hmm. deciding yep. to go a little veggie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's just we could all benefit from eating more vegetables. There's, it's without a doubt. Uh, yep. I'm I'm lucky enough that my wife and I eat a lot of fresh veg. Uh, I still like canned green beans for some odd reason, but uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, we're we're fresh veggies. Um, yeah. Talk about the Chinese pantry because everybody that goes out and and gets uh, Chinese food to go or uh, goes to a, mm-hmm. a, an Asian restaurant, you know they have their favorites and they're probably wrongly so in my opinion, reluctant to try and make those at home. Talk about what we should have in the kitchen that would make it easier. I feel like um, I I feel like a lot of people probably already have soy sauce because that's the most frequently used one of the I mean common ingredients you know many many Asian cuisine so that is obviously very very important I feel like soy sauce is almost in I use in almost every dishes uh, and I think the second most important thing uh, that most people overlook is the Shaoxing wine so it's a type of cooking wine that made with grains it has um, slightly uh, it actually has a pretty dark uh, color like a brownish yellow brownish color and it has this uh very um rich i like in some sense it's actually almost similar to soy sauce it has this rich umami taste Hmm. and it definitely makes a huge difference when you add a touch to your like either your marinade or your sauces or like any stir fry it really just adds the depth of flavor so that is one thing that i think a lot of people overlook and they're like hmm this why might the dish taste like soy sauce? You know, like it, because it should be a it, the sauce should have more dimensions, and the Shaoxing one is like one of the most important things. Uh, and I think the other thing is aromatic. When you have the really basic sauces, and the the thing that really makes a difference is like fresh ginger, garlic, and green onion. In China, in China, we we use these three, like a combo of three in almost everything. I feel like sometimes you can skip certain things, like, you know, today I don't have ginger. It's totally fine. Just green onion and garlic. But, like, a little touch of fresh aromatics. You know, don't use the powder. Just use, just, just chop some garlic and do some green onion. It will make a huge difference. Yep. And if you want to have, a, just, you know, make a little bit more, like, you know, just have more varieties. Another thing is the oyster sauce. Um, that is uh, kind of like a thick, dark sauce, similar to hoisin sauce, but it's actually more interesting. It has a more, uh, has richer and more savory 
has more dimension because originally it's made with uh, oyster extract. So it has a little bit of seafoody taste, but also it's fermented. So it has this like really rich umami. Um, and in, in my book, I, I recommended, you know, there's a plant-based alternative. It's made with mushroom, but if you're not plant-based, you can just get oyster sauce. It, it also has like caramelized, uh, you know, uh, sugar in it. So it has this nice, almost slightly smoky and caramelized taste. Yeah. So I would say like, if you want to upgrade your cooking, uh, use less hoisin sauce, which is it's nice, but it's really, really sweet. So this one is like less sweet and more savory, but it adds a lot to a sauce. Like you can make a really nice brown sauce with it. Oh yeah. You know, I, I think for me, uh, I discovered ponzu uh, okay, we'll call it a, a form of citrus-based soy sauce. If that's is, mm-hmm. that, is that a reasonable description? Yeah. But ponzu to me, uh, I, I can drink it. I could, I could just. Oh, eat. it's so nice. Yeah. And yeah. and I put it on a lot of different dishes, vegetables. I use it in marinades. I use mm-hmm. sesame oil. I love uh, fermented yeah. black beans. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, of course, ginger, and especially if you use fresh ginger, it's even better than powder. Oh, so nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yes. And and the next thing you know, you're you're making Asian cu- cuisine. And then for me, and I don't know about you, what's your pepper tolerance? Do you like heavy spice? Yes, I do. I like spicy food. Oh, man. When you can get good quality, not very old, but dried uh, Chinese style peppers, or it, they could even be from our country. It's small peppers, dried. Oh yes, uh, yes. I just it just adds so much, and I noticed you How threw. How about chili oil? Oh, chili. Do you, do you use chili oil? Oh it's God, bad. yes. And I, everything Every, you can use on everything. I know we pretty much. Uh, my husband he make peanut butter toast with chili oil on it. Oh my, that sounds good. Well, because think of it. What do we like to dip some things in, but a peanut sauce that has chili oil and garlic and yeah, right. that, that's a great idea. What, what fun. Yep. Well, while you're talking, I'm thumbing through the website and it's just a phenomenal amount of recipes and it's everything that you would, that you've ever dreamed of having from an Asian restaurant, but you can make it at home. Instapot Chinese sausage and rice. Um, oh, yeah, it's the next one. Yeah, know. but, you know, it's so easy because actually once you get the ingredient, I, I admit if you want to make a, a range of things, you, there are a few things you probably need to shop, yeah. uh, either from Asian markets. But these days, pr- pretty much like online shop, Amazon, you can easily find those things. But once you have them, it, the cooking itself is actually really doable Yeah. for everyone. Well, you know, watching your your ribs your this the sweet and sour ribs that you did mm-hmm. i think the hardest part of that dish is either finding a butcher that will cut them into uh small bits or or doing it yourself but man it looks it's, so uh, good oh yeah it's um if i think i if your grocery store have the butcher section i so usually what i do is to buy the whole slab right and you just uh, because then you have the saw so you just ask them to chop them across it, you know, because the bone, it's very hard to cut through the bone by yourself. Like you right. have like, you need a really heavy cleaver for that. But if you let them, you just tell them, you know, cut across it into two sections. They just saw it off. It takes like one minute. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, you can ask them nicely to chop them to individual sections, but that part is easy. They're just meat. You know, you just chop them off at home. You use a regular knife. It's actually easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, the bone's the hard part. And then watching your video, and to me, to complement the beautiful photography in this book and hopefully in your next book, Hint, Hint, um, having videos, even that short, brief video that was on Facebook Mm -hmm. this week, for these ribs, it just does a world of good for everyone to see just those basic things in rapid succession. Oh, yeah, I can do mm-hmm. that. I, you know, uh, and that's how you get that layer of flavors. And folks, you got to go look at the website. Again, it is omnivorecookbook.com and page down and, and find the recipe for these these ribs. Oh, my God, sweet and sour ribs. And just yeah, watch that. I do find, yeah, video is uh, really, really helpful. I, I actually didn't realize it until the recent years. And because I also started to observe, you know, after I moved to the U.S., I have people coming over and we cook things together. It's really interesting. Everybody cooks so differently. Even you just like tell people, you know, slice the ginger. Everybody yeah. slices it differently. Yeah. So. What fun. Well, let's, if you can stay with me, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk more with Maggie Zhu. We're going to give away a copy of the book a little bit later. Not this time. Don't call in now. Uh, Chinese home style. You could leave off the part about everyday plant-based recipes for takeout, dim sum, noodles, and more. Well, you could just eliminate the plant-based. Yes, it is plant-based. But oh, another book that would benefit greatly by scratch and sniff, where you could smell the recipe as it's sitting in front of you on the table. Really cool stuff. Chinese Homestyle with Maggie Zhu and Good Life Guy will be back right after this short break.